0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 205 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I am so happy to have you here. I'm finally editing an episode in Adobe Audition. I've been using GarageBand forever, well, for 204 episodes, and I'm finally getting into Adobe Audition, and I couldn't be more excited. I just spent 10 minutes figuring out why it won't let me record, but now I figured it out. So here we go. We're off to the races. Today's guest is Sid Danger. She's the creative director and co-publisher at Sad Mag out of Vancouver, BC. She's also the art director at Goal Fortune Collective, also out of Vancouver. During today's episode, we talk about how she niched down to print design. Damn it, that's exciting. You know I love print and Sid is a pro at it. We get into her time at Beat Root Magazine and also her time at Adbusters. We also talk about the career test that she took and where that pointed her. Hmm, where could it have pointed her? David Carson gets a shout out in this episode. We talk a little bit about what it was like taking over the creative on a publication that is targeted for or made for... Artists, designers, and creatives, because that can be intimidating. You're taking on creative and artistic vision of a magazine for the artistic community. Yep, that's scary. We also talk about how she struggled with direction after university and how she found out what felt right. She then shares some sweet stories about print And we get into the print project that ended up with a huge typo. Not ended up, I guess a typo showed up, she explains. She also tells us that the future issue, future like being the theme, not a future, the future issue of Sad Mag, why she's so proud of it, the brilliant things that it's done and the fun stuff they get to do there. Sid is a riot to talk to. I love chatting print and nerding out with print with people, and uh, she was so much fun to talk to. So let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sid Danger. Oh, and before I say it, uh, Danger is her middle name. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: Hey, Sid, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: Sweet. Welcome to the show. First up... Are you ready for a quickie? Hell yeah. Terrific. So let's get right into it with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm Sid. Uh, I'm creative director and co-publisher of an art and design magazine called Sad Mag. Um, and I also work for an advertising agency called Good Fortune Collective as an art director. Um, I live in Vancouver, B.C., I have uh, two cats and too many houseplants, and I ate cereal for dinner yesterday, so things are going really well for me.
0: That's amazing. Okay, the most important part of that, though, is what kind of cereal?
2: Oh, Shreddies. I know it's a controversial choice.
0: It, but... I, I was just going to say, people are going to be on one side of the fence or the other on that one. That's that's not a clear, clear favorite. It's a risky yeah, risky well, move, Sid. I would have made something up.
2: <laughs> I, You know what? <laughs> couldn't think that
0: fast i just had it's to go a, with the real answer and the real answer it's is all good <laughs> uh, honesty shreddies <laughs> Yep, perfect <laughs> um so you're a creative director and co-publisher of sad magazine art director at good fortune collective what is the uh, what's the brief sort of career history here have you been doing those things since inception of your career or or what was the path to get to those spots
2: yeah, so um, actually I've been very weirdly niche in print design for my career. Yes. Um, yeah, I got started working actually for my university's newspaper doing the layout design,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and from there I started getting work in print publications um, such as Geist magazine, Beat Root, uh, and then was the art director for Adbusters magazine. Um, and, Ad uh, took over, yeah, so, and I took over, yeah, so I took over SadMag um, this past year. And also just started at Good Fortune this past year as well. So fairly new for me.
0: Awesome. So it's been, um, I guess, in-house, you could say, for most of your career.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. This is my first like agency job at Good Fortune Collective. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you do the air quotes there? I know I turned the video feed off just for a second. Did <laughs> you do the yes. agency job, the air quotes?
2: I sure did. <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> All right, Sid, I want to kick this back even further, and I want to chat quickly about your childhood. What was that like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you or steered you in this design direction?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like my parents always did their best to foster creativity, despite like not really being creatives themselves. Um, My mom... Used to put paper up on all the walls and all the floor, so I could draw all over them. Nice Just to have like draw with your feet day, um, stuff like that.
0: Okay, that's amazing. Like I'm under quarantine here with three of my, with my three kids, and draw with your feet day sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Stuff like that, like really, really helped me become the creative that I am.
0: That's awesome. So did you have, so your parents weren't designers, I take it. Did you have aunts, uncles, sort of immediate family members that were in design that could sort of tell you a little bit about what this world is like?
2: Uh, No, I I honestly didn't even know you could be a creative as a career until I took one of those um, career placing tests in high school. Yeah, It just said artist. So,
0: you know, The family was thrilled. Uh, exactly. But... <laughs> family was thrilled.
2: I very, very vividly remember they had like a little drawing of a, of an artist, like a sad, starving artist next to, next to it, and I was like, oh, great.
0: Oh my gosh! Sweet, so. excellent, uh, excellent career path ahead of me. Yeah. So this little career test points to artist. And does that? It doesn't sound like that was the sort of, you know, doesn't didn't flick the switch of design and creative for you to really ignite that journey. But what was that moment?
2: Um, honestly, like art was the only thing I was really good at. Um, I wasn't very academically strong, so I started researching um art universities mm-hmm. and ended up going to uh, design school despite thinking that. Design was where you put your couch in your house. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I loved to illustrate and I, I thought, hey, maybe I can, I can be an illustrator. Um, but it wasn't until, yeah, until I started learning about design in university that I even discovered its, its existence.
0: So you really started kind of stepping in that direction, but it wasn't until that university that really pointed you really lit that fire. To show mm-hmm, yeah. and showed you what was possible with it. Yeah. Got it, got it. And the rest is history then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Sid, then what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since?
2: Um, I think probably my time at Adbusters was the most influential for me, mm-hmm. specifically working on, um, we did this this cover that had um, Trump when he was first elected nice. with the barcode at his, as a mustache. <laughs> um, I
0: love it already.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and like before working at Adbusters, genuinely, I didn't like design. Uh, I would graduated from university and I thought, hey, like, I'm not good at this. I don't understand all these rules. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I'd use InDesign which is basically like the math of art Mm -hmm. Um, but by working at AdBusters I kind of realized that once you understand the rules of design you are given the freedom to break them so you know I'd print out articles crumple them up scan them back in make them all pixelated and like print that in the magazine so it really it like brought the joy of making art into design for me
0: that's cool so it really gave you that flexibility that you were seeking without knowing that you were looking for it.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Perfect. Said, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like?
2: Uh, I think my biggest inspiration would have to be David Carson. Uh-huh. Um, he is extremely well known for his experimental grungy typography and he his design style really spoke to me in a time where I wasn't sure like there was a place in the editorial design world for me. Um, you know, he's innovative and fearless and like flipping through, um, and looking at issues of Ray gun was particularly really influential for me.
0: Mm -hmm. So initially you thought editorial design was boring.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Who wants to, you know, what, uh, young artist is sitting there like, yeah, I want to, want to typeset a 4,000 word article in this magazine.
0: <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> Damn. I can't wait know? to pull those quotes out. That's going to be dynamite.
2: Whew, I can't wait to, to work on that paragraph for hours to make it even, but yeah, like it's, it wasn't something that I, I knew could be fun until I realized that just because there are rules there doesn't mean that you have to follow those rules all the time. And if you are, then, you know, you're not creating work that is really going to stand out and make people feel things.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. So then just going with seeing what the rules are and bending or breaking those rules is really what sort of opened those doors to creative editorial for you. Yeah, it really did. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Um, So I'm excited for this next question because you started this interview by saying, I niched down to print Mm -hmm. and you happen to be the creative director and co-publisher of a magazine. So I'm going to ask you then, tell us about how you have utilized print in your design career. Any (laughs) special stories around print or packaging, Um, awesome experiences, projects that you just absolutely loved being a part of. Mm. Give me the goods, the print goods. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of uh, tough for me to answer because um, I've utilized print in my entire design career.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But but definitely, you know, taking on a an art and design magazine as a as not only a creative director but also as a co publisher has been like a totally new experience for me. Um, being able to work with artists and match them up to editorial that I feel like is going to, um, give them the best opportunity to create art that really showcases their, their talent. Mm -hmm. Um, it is my favorite thing to do. And I think what people don't understand too about, um, working in editorial is that magazine teams are so much smaller than you think they are. Like I started working in French and I was like, Oh, it's the five of us. Okay. Making this huge, magazine like Adbusters was probably is you know um the second story in a little house on Granville Island with about a handful of people
0: crazy
2: yeah it's it's really grassroots and it um I mean it's great because you get to form these relationships with people and designers and writers and um you create these little communities but uh yeah they're they're you know, I always I went into editorial thinking that there were going to be huge teams of people, and and uh, it was mostly just me doing all of the design.
0: <laughs> Crazy, so definitely not what you would expected at first.
2: No, not I was thinking like Vogue, it's going to be Vogue everywhere. There's going to be huge design teams, and like, you know, but no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, it's not <laughs> just a handful of people. Yes. So being the creative director and co-publisher of a magazine for creatives, designers, and artists, mm-hmm. um, is that intimidating?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I So I took over um, Sad Meg from the previous creative director and co-publisher, um, mm-hmm. Pamela Rooney, who is an extremely uh, talented designer and creative director. hmm and, um, I mean, imposter syndrome is something that I struggle with a lot. And I think that a lot of, um, young creatives out there struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, you're just sort of waiting for people to find out that you have no idea what you're doing. Um, so, you know, I live with that fear constantly, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, like I- I've been lucky to, to, um, take this on at a similar time as uh, my art direction job at uh, an advertising agency. So through working with them, you know, I've I've strengthened my skills on being able to create comprehensive briefs. Um, I know what I need to say to uh, help artists um, create their best work. Uh And um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the design, like, I feel like I'm just getting to the point where I'm trusting my gut more and more Um, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at inspiration from the right places. Um, You know, like looking at designers like, um, like David Carson or um, Sagmeister and, and pulling things from them that I think could be, could work for specific issue themes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, the great thing about SAD is that, you know, every, uh, we do, we print twice a year um, and every issue is themed around a topic. So Uh our Issues themed around the future, um, so you know using typefaces that I find are futuristic. Um, looking at retro futurism, um, you know how did people in the past think that the future was going to look like? So all those things like inspire me to create designs that I think are cool, mm-hmm. and I'm just out here hoping that somebody else thinks it's cool. I don't know. We're all just out here like. <laughs> trying to make- good stuff that like someone will put up on their fridge you know
0: (laughs) for sure yeah I'm glad you said you know right off the bat yes it's intimidating because designers and creatives are known for better for worse to be each other's worst critics
2: for sure
0: right so all of a sudden creating work for that creative world like gosh yeah
2: I mean like I'm pretty open with the fact that i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) hey everyone i I don't know what i'm doing yeah (laughs) but uh i'm having a lot of fun figuring it out and i think that that's the most important part
0: that is the most important part that's what it's all about Mm -hmm. um and the issue being themed future is and Mm -hmm. that was just released like not that long ago right
1: yeah
2: it just came out um, a couple months ago
0: So that's a pretty interesting topic in the timing, considering that the future basically turned on its head like weeks after release.
2: I mean, yeah, no kidding. Um, We're currently working on um, this year's cycle of issues. So our issues for 2020 are themed around sex and death, Uh um, which, I mean, topically is going to be very interesting, um, Uh depending on how this this whole thing plays out. But yeah, I mean... We tried to, for the future issue, I think that there's so much negativity when it comes to thinking about what our future is going to look like. Um, I know that we, we really tried to balance different viewpoints um, and having other people's opinions on you know, more positive aspects of the future, bringing humor into it and mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, I feel like you could read the magazine again now and it would read very differently than it did a few weeks ago, but
0: oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. But yeah. You hit the nail on the head, bringing humor into it and, in, you know, even crazy times like this is so important.
2: Yeah, I think so too. We have this um, really great article that's called rejecting the future to piss off my dad. <laughs> and it's the writer is writing about things that, um, you know, their parents always thought would be available in the future that aren't. Yeah. You know, robot maids, hoverboards, all that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: You guys are going to have it so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So with that said, and with both of us agreeing that humor is a pretty important thing right now, I'm going to go a little bit off script, Sid, and I want to hear your best joke right now on the spot.
2: Oh my, God, my best
0: joke?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, your mama's so dumb. She thinks Kern is on the cob.
0: <laughs> and I love how it's design related to that sign with that's a it's a risky uh, risky question to approach but you hit it out of the park Sid. well done thank you thank you all right I'm gonna get into story time now Sid so I've got a couple of questions about tough times in your career so far and lessons learned through that and then we're going to turn it around finish up in a happy place um so with that being said what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far why was it challenging and how did you get through it
2: I feel like the most challenging time for me was directly out of university um you know like I've said previously like I didn't really feel like there was a place in design for me I'd only seen like one very specific viewpoint and I felt like by following that path, I would maybe be a sellout or like feel like I wasn't an artist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was also plagued with a lot of self-doubt. I was really young. Um, I didn't think I could be a designer, so I really pushed back and decided that I didn't want to be one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, it uh, that was tough because it's also like it's really tough to be an illustrator full time. Um, and, you know, I'm still extremely passionate about illustrating, but um, it's actually... Something that I've decided I'd like to keep for me versus um, creating my job around it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, It's nice to keep a couple things, you know, as passion projects. Um, But yeah, that that was really tough. You know, I felt like everyone else had sort of figured everything out. and, And I was left at the end of my university being like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. Yeah.
0: Do so you like have this internal battle with yourself of, you know, you felt like you wanted to pursue design, but you were almost telling yourself not to.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, when you're young and creative, you just second guess yourself on everything. I, mm-hmm. you know, even if I felt like I I could design things, I would then be like, you know, ah, like somebody else could do it better this probably isn't right. You know, what, what rules do I have to follow to make this thing aesthetically pleasing? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that was, was really confusing. And also, um, you know, it, it's tough. It takes a toll on your psyche to be like so critical of yourself all the time. Okay. I, I remember like, um, I would start projects and, and I would just not even finish them because I'd be like, you know what, it's not, it's just going to turn out like crap anyway
0: crazy so definitely conflicted after university how did you how did you get through that what were like the steps to sort of you know it sounds cliche but to find yourself Sid
2: yeah I think that um it took me a while honestly after university and it's not something that I find that people talk about too often Is like I was pretty lost in the design world for a bit I did um some like smaller work for um like local beauty salons. And I was like, this isn't filling any buckets Mm -hmm. um, for me personally. And that's sort of when I realized that I wanted to, yes, I want to design things, but I want to design things that create good or do something for my community. um, Whether that be the arts community um, or like locally in Vancouver, Mm -hmm for the planet. Like I just wanted to do something that would make me feel like I was having a positive impact. Um, and at the time, like, of course, you know, telling people that they should get Botox doesn't really, doesn't really do that. Um, (laughs) so, so, uh, after I did that, I did that for about half a year and, um, that's when I started, uh, I went back to my university and started working at the newspaper there Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, just started honing my, my layout design skills, like re-getting the basics down until I was, you know, I'm sort of lucky in the way that, um, I can, I can sell myself a little bit. And I started, um, started doing a little bit of networking and, and meeting people in the print design world. And from there, it was just sort of like a, like a, um, snowball effect, I guess. Like I, I got one magazine job which led to another magazine job which led to like a ad busters and then that led to you know so it just sort of it all sort of stemmed from there
0: got it once you figured out sort of what what felt right Mm -hmm. to you and then just really doubling down and putting your efforts and energy into that
2: yeah yeah and I think it's it's really important to like I talk about filling buckets and for me it's like I need to be filling my creative bucket and that's important for me to not feel like I've sold my soul, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I think a lot of like professional creatives struggle with. You're like, oh, I'm not an artist anymore. I like make ads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, consumerism, you know? Yeah,
0: it's so funny so, to say that because in my interview I did with um, Aaron Draplin, like at episode 100 here, um his first job that he never talked about was for these like nickel ads where he would just basically take a picture of some dude's car that pulled up to the building and he wanted to sell it. And for like a nickel, he would just do the little brief layout and car description and that was his first graphic design job.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, like it it, it piles up and you're like, What am I doing? what is this job? It's so strange. Yeah. Um, but once you once you find out like, hey, like what are my buckets? What do I need to to fill so that I feel like a whole person. Um, and for me that was, um, doing something that is creative and Mm -hmm. also doing something that does good.
0: Definitely. Got it. All right. Well, sticking with the tough stuff, I want to get a little bit more specific now, Sid. So can you take us to a design or a specific project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired (laughs) result? Um, What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story?
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, Yeah, the one that comes to mind is uh, one of the first projects I worked on um, as an art director in advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working on a brand book for uh, like a bike mechanics company. Okay. Um, And uh, I remember being very happy with how the design of the book had turned out. Um, And, uh, you know, it had gone, gone through all the stages, been poring over it for months. And It came back from the printers, and I remember flipping through the delivered copies. I noticed a huge typo on the very first intro page of the book. And I'm not talking like a misspelled word. I'm talking like an entire paragraph that wasn't supposed to be there.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Like a full repeated paragraph. So, of course, like I panicked immediately. It was a new job. Like, I'm trying to prove myself. I have this extremely expensive (laughs) book um, that had just been printed like 15,000 copies. And like, um, so, I, you know, I rushed to my desk and like dug through all of my files. And once I realized that the error wasn't on my end, I like set my boss on the printer. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it it was just really unfortunate. The books got reprinted, but the date of the event they were supposed to be at was missed. Oh, um no. so like all around it was just like such a disappointing end to something that like i poured my heart into for weeks you know yeah so yeah so that was that was a bit of a bummer very relieved that it, it wasn't my fault but you know
0: yeah but that stuck. initial like sinking feeling in your gut like oh, oh man. my gosh how could i miss that
2: i thought i was gonna throw up <laughs> <laughs> i was so i was like no no this can't be happening
0: yeah my God! And then
2: you know you have to go and like see if it's on the proof. It's not on the proof. Okay, that's good. Is it in my files? Okay, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And you got to do all of that. Like, yeah, basically have to keep all of that stuff to yourself until you figure it out. Otherwise, it's yeah. just going to create so much more chaos and panic.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it it was a good learning experience, though, in the end, because no matter what, something is probably going to go wrong. You just sort of have to be prepared for everything. And like having the print proof that I had signed off on there with me and having my files that I had sent to the printer there with me, I was able to like quickly look through everything and be like, Hey, no, I, that's wrong. That's not on the proof. That's not my fault. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. Do right. So
0: definitely, <laughs> I get like I'm like my palms are sweating, just thinking about it yeah. <laughs> um Sid, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now?
2: uh I mean, we touched on imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for me, like I know that I'm capable i've I've proven myself to be a solid designer and art director and now creative director, but mm-hmm. I'm still like you know when are people going to figure out that I'm, I'm making this shit up as I go. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there is a small comfort in um, knowing that most creatives feel like that. Um, I think too, like something really important is remembering that not every single thing you make has to go on social media. Yes. You can make stuff and it can just be for you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. You can draw something or design something and be like, yeah, you know what? That one's just for me. Like, I don't feel like I have to put that up to the masses. Um, and, and once you tell yourself that, it's super freeing. I was really like, I was putting so much pressure on myself to, to be illustrating and making content and like keeping up with everybody. And then I was like, ah, you know what? Like I have a nine to five and then I have another like five to
0: midnight (laughs) (laughs) you'll five to midnight nice
2: yeah like i don't really feel like i i need to be creating all this extra work all the time for people to just see that i'm making work Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean yeah once everybody realizes that nobody has any any like idea what they're doing um i think they will all be better off
0: it's a little bit more comforting
2: yeah, for sure. All <laughs> just like apes walking around on this floating rock.
0: Like, yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> That's all it is.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Sid, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you now. And I want you to tell us about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing.
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I've been plugging Sad Meg a lot in here. But but definitely the future issue of, of Sad Meg is is my uh, design baby right Sweet. now. And it's it's not even just the printed piece, which I love, obviously like you know I am there in every meeting, which is great like we get to concept um, topics that we feel like are gonna work for the issue um, and then yeah working with the editorial team and all the artists and photographers and um, Sad Meg only prints film photography
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that's like another layer of of this cool thing that I. I can't do, but um love seeing other people do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you love seeing the true artists at it, right?
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much else that like goes into making an issue. Like um I do all the merchandise for sad. Nice. Um, so I, I designed it all and then I like screen print it all in my apartment.
0: <laughs> no way.
2: Yeah. So I have like a little like janky screen printing set up. So I did t shirts and, and tote bags and stuff for the launch party um which uh, like I'm not an event planner but um with the help of our our event manager uh, my co-publisher and I like threw a huge massive party which was so fun and we like sold out of all the merch and you know artists have a place where they can network with other artists um we always show the art from the issues in like a small gallery mm-hmm. um in the front of the party So the artists can um, sell their work and it's just so like the whole, the whole of it is so rewarding versus like just making the printed magazine, which obviously is, is super fun. And, and I know an enviable project, um, for most, but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: doing all of it and being able to, um, you know, pay our artists, uh, well and create all these other things, um, just like really does it for me like i i have never found anything that i've been so passionate about
0: that's so awesome Mm -hmm. and the way that it's more than just a printed magazine especially with these events where you're really giving a space for artists to share their work to sell their work to connect and network and all of those great things like that's that's like a movement in itself. It's so awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's fostering the community, right? And that is that is our mandate. Um, you know, we're an, a not-for-profit and our entire mandate is just focused around how do we give these emerging artists as much um, voice as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Sid, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. That is where I have a question for you from my last guest, and I could not believe how aligned this question is. <laughs> um, and then you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my previous guest was Jay Collins, or he's known as Jay Working. He's a designer, a mentor, an educator, and he... Um, is from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and he trains 100 kids every month um, from the ages of nine and upwards um, how to be designers and creatives. And wow. his program called Creative Kids. Um, so he's doing a lot of work with like inner city kids and training them to be creatives and designers and explore their creativity. So that was an awesome, awesome interview.
2: Yeah, that's rad.
0: He wanted to ask, as a designer, how are you giving?
2: Oh well yeah I mean I, I guess um, sad Meg is my way to give back to the community um, I yeah I mean it's it's hard to answer because I feel like I just said it but yeah 100%. by by giving um, you know artists and art communities in Vancouver um, extra extra opportunities to you know raise their voices and get recognition
0: um, yeah. just another yeah. platform for them
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's my favorite thing. And, and it makes me extremely happy to give people those opportunities.
0: I love it. So Sid, what is your ask it forward question for the next guest?
2: My ask it forward question is what is one common item you see every day that you think needs a design overhaul?
0: Oh, I like that one. Mm -hmm. So Sid, what is one common item that you see every day that you think needs a design overhaul?
2: uh i think probably credit cards really like cards in general okay yeah i just think there's a cooler way to do them i don't think anybody's figured it out yet
0: okay i am like <laughs> like i'm a sucker for a good looking credit card
1: mm-hmm, like if yeah
0: it's if it's just like generic BMO blue i'm like meh not important but if it's like black or it's got like a satin finish or a spot gloss yes. or something i'm like i don't care what the interest rate is i want that card
2: Yeah, like that should be everyone's card. I just have a craft one and I would like a really nice one. Totally. So I would say design overhaul for all bank cards.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't think it's available in Canada yet, but did you see the Apple credit card when they released it to the States? No. Okay. It is amazing. Like I'm gonna okay, sit here, yeah, I'm gonna sit here while you're looking this up because I want to hear it. I am reaction. Right now.
2: <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah, that's nice.
0: It's so clear and it's metal. Oh. See, well there
2: we go. Now my question my answer is moot because somebody already did it.
0: Well, but, I mean, they're not all know. like that, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's that's a beautiful bank card.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Awesome. Sid, you have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you for your time.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great.
0: All right, all right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Not too shabby for my first edit in uh Adobe Audition. Hey? Right? Come on, give me a little props for that. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. If you love what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this thing and leave a rating and a review so I know you dig it or you don't. But either way, leave me some feedback. That's the only way we get better. Thanks. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.